Living Dead in Austin is brought to you by the Armadillo Podcasting Club. Sun's going down to midnight Texas and things are about to get weird. Hello there, you're listening to Living Dead in Austin. We're reading Charlene Harris's Midnight Texas series. I'm Alice Sullivan. I'm Jeff Lake. And I'm Micah Sparkman. And today we're reading chapters 32 through 39, which is the end of Midnight Crossroad, the first book in the series. Previously, Manfred buys his main squeeze of Blizzard and puts her kid brother to hard manual labor, really trying to rack up those pound town points. <laughs> Fiji and Creek attend a funeral with a guest appearance by the local Nazi gang who swears vengeance on Fiji's secret crush. So now it's on. They roll into town on motorcycles, kidnap Fiji right out of her shop, and it's time for the Midnighters to strike back. A vampire, a shifter, a psychic, a talking cat, and a... Small business owner, they are truly <laughs> ready for anything. Look out, Price Eggleston. <laughs> you know, I, I gotta say, I thought way more was gonna happen when they rolled out. Yeah, yeah, I thought, I mean, we don't even know that that guy's a shifter, right? Unless yeah. you're talking about shifting between his, uh, his normal life and his preaching life. He does, which he doesn't actually seem to do, right? He, no, I guess he, he just he goes never home s- and preaches himself to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> like, he seems to never turn off the rev thing, right? I mean, he has that like little room he just sits in when he's not mm-hmm. doing stuff. Right, he sits quietly and staring at the wall. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think they mentioned that he just sort of just powers down until it's time to preach again. <laughs> like, I have two young children. The idea of a room with nothing in it where I didn't have to do anything actually sounds kind of amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the Rev, like, raised a couple kids and he's just like, this is all I ever want to do is sit in this room and do nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Chapter 32. Manfred the Rev, Lemuel, Bobo, and Mr. Snuggly are rescuing Fiji from Price Eggleston. And really the only other thing that happens is Manfred finds Price's address on his phone. Yeah, um, they their plan is to roll into Marthasville and activate the FPS, right? I, I was a little annoyed at the Rev here, because the Rev's like, you found that address on your phone? And, and Manfred's like, yeah, you should try it out. And, and he's, the Rev's like, I don't need that. Phones are evil. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I just, I just found the... You, <laughs> yeah. you are relying on the information I just got from my phone, you jerk. <laughs> I want you to know that I have family members like that. <laughs> I, I was mean, not say, the, does that cut a little close to home there, Jeff? <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I guess so. Not because the phone <laughs> is evil, but they're like, oh, I don't want to figure that out. Micah, will you tell me how to use my, my phone to, you know, yeah, or yeah. use your phone to do this thing that I need my phone to do? My dad know? doesn't remember passwords. He just asked me to reset his password every single time he needs to access his account. Oh it's great. God. Do you, do you, oh, no, never mind. Yeah. I'm sorry, Rev. I guess we'll like stop in Marthasville and see if we can find a white pages so we can look him up and find the address and then pull out a paper map and see if we can get there. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. Somebody's or we could awfully snide. Save them a hundred steps and just do it on my phone right now. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. While our friend has been abducted by some Nazi dude. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. But they're gonna yeah, they're gonna use uh, Mr. Snuggly's connection as her familiar to locate her, apparently. Yeah. Okay, if you had a familiar, what would you name it? It's a cat. Okay. Uh Jingles. Jeff. <laughs> wait, Jeff. That's or... so confusing. Wait, little... wait with a Not G? With, me. with a G? So you can no, no, never see. The, 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 spelling Jeff with a G is like a, a crime that should be punishable by prison. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so when, when you're next to each other, how would you differentiate? Would one of you be little Jeff? I, I don't you, need to. What, would be, what about human Jeff? <laughs> the familiar is the one that's not me. <laughs> so it's not a problem that I have. <laughs> Fair enough. Alice? 
Ginger Pants. Oh. He's my familiar already. That's a good point. You yeah. already have a familiar. Yeah. I do. Yeah. I mean, it's no Mr. Snuggly. Yeah, but he does uh, He does have opinions, as he often shares in the podcast. Yeah. Chapter 33, Fiji is trapped in Price's car. She uses her witchcraft to make him think that there's a snake in the car, and then she sets his boot on fire, and he <laughs> she figures gives him it a out. Foot. Yeah. This is, this, is, this is great. I mean, like, she's bound and gagged, and she still manages to do all this stuff. Like, I just... Like, I feel like this is what, what I was hoping for earlier in the shop, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Fiji going to, you know, Magic Town. Yeah, but... she sets his foot on fire and, and conjures an illusory snake, mm-hmm. which chases him around for a while, but then he just, like, shoots it. Yeah, and then it's gone. But, yeah. I mean, you know, it doesn't do any actual damage, but it does buy her some time, you know? It does. Yeah. He tells Fiji that he kidnapped her as revenge on Bobo and as kind of leverage to figure out where Bobo's magical cache of weapons are. But she uh, she kind of tries to reason with him, and it doesn't work super well, which, you know, it's he's a neo-Nazi, what do you expect, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, when they get to Price's place, she screams, and his parents come out to investigate, because that dumb motherfucker was like, don't say anything. Yeah. Don't want anyone to hear you. Don't you, want, don't want you to wake up my mom, okay? Yeah. Whatever you do, don't scream for help, you know? But I, I, Fiji's I, able to interpret that coded message <laughs> to mean, oh, actually, I should scream for help. I appreciate what a goober he was. Because, <laughs> like, this dumb motherfucker, like... I like that. Yeah, I mean, we've seen a bunch of, like, these white supremacist types, like January 6th types, you know, and they're, they're just, like, we've seen them a lot lately, and they're, they're not that smart, right? They're no. just dumb. Yeah, they're, they're, they're not criminal masterminds. They're mostly idiots because, I mean, yeah, coming, right? Yeah. yeah. So which means they, they do stupid shit like this. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Price's neighbors, a, a lot of neighbors wake up and turn on lights, and then the ones who actually come out are Price's parents. Yeah. Uh, they help her, but they don't want to let her go because she'll tell on price yeah i mean they they don't approve of him abusing a quote-unquote white woman so yeah i was like yeah. okay gotcha gotcha uh, um yeah so i'm not i'm not clear exactly what their plan was you know were they just going to disappear were they like well we don't approve of abusing uh white women but uh this one we're going to have to murder to cover up the kidnapping yeah, i don't know like what, what was their end yeah, game here? we were not going to put a stop to this either right yeah well i mean just like Price, I don't think his parents had really thought it out at all. Yeah. And they had even less time. It seemed like they were working themselves up to getting on board with planned kidnapping. Right? Yeah. But well, I mean, there's a bunker in the backyard. That is true. They have a convenient place to store her. But ends up being irrelevant because Fiji's like, oh yeah, I'm a witch. Yep. She <laughs> yeah. freezes them. Yep. Just freezes them and leaves. And leaves. She runs and uh, the Midnighters find her. Yay. Yeah, which is, I mean, yay, yes, but that I guess that means there's no murder happening. There's no wear tiger in a preacher's robe tearing up a bunch of white supremacists. <laughs> yeah, he keeps the preacher's collar on. And, yeah, and the hat, the big flat hat. I think he wears a bolo tie, too. Oh, that's right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. perfect. Mm-hmm. That, that, you know why he does that, right? Those are really easy to loosen. Oh, right, for, to for accommodate. His, yeah, his big tiger neck. So he won't be naked when he's a tiger. Well, yeah, that was, yeah he's, he's, still he's a priest, yeah, he's still right? A yeah. <laughs> I don't think he's a priest. Chapter 34. It's the next day. I love how a town that has like 10 people in it has two stone cold killers. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. 20% of those town are killers. That's true. It's yeah. like Memphis. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so they have a, a huddled discussion trying to figure out what to do. No one went to the police. No, of course they didn't. Which, yeah, they, they just brushed that suggestion right off. Yeah, they're like, no, we're not going to. I assume that meant that they were going to, you know, handle things the midnight way. <laughs> right, yeah. 
But uh, yeah, they they discuss top theories on Aubrey's murder now that Price is ruled out. They figured out that Price is not the deal. They're recalling that day, the Rev buried Creek and Connor's dog that had died in a hit and run, and then Creek went for a walk. Yep. Uh, Madonna took the baby to a checkup in Davie. Teacher watched the pawn shop, and they're wondering if an old guy who had come into the pawn shop accidentally hit Aubrey. Oh, because he's a. He's not supposed to be driving or something. Yeah, right? he's yeah. really old. Yeah. Uh, Arthur Smith arrives and says, no, we checked in. He did not. This old guy did not. But he knows that there's something weird going on with the Egglestons, but they won't tell him exactly what happened. Yeah. Very yes. mysterious. But they determine, or he tells them that the coroner determined that Aubrey was hit by a truck. Uh, all the Midnighters figure out what the, why that's significant, but they don't tell Arthur Smith why. Yeah, I, don't, yeah. I, I didn't follow this, this uh-uh. jump at all, right? They're like, oh, a truck, you say? Definitely got to be the Sean Lovell, I guess. I, yeah, I feel like this this is this is a jump that the reader cannot make. No. The reader doesn't have really the information here. Well, yeah. there's two trucks in the entire town of Midnight, but that isn't something that's immediately known. Yeah, like yeah. The, the, the fact that the Lovell family owns a truck and the truck is important... Yeah. It's not something that's emphasized a whole lot. In fact, the only truck I can remember seeing is the one that Madonna and Teacher drive. Oh, right? so they have one as well. Right? Don't they, unless that would, they borrowed that truck. Or whatever, I mean, it's yeah. Texas and rural Texas, so I just assume literally everybody yeah, they drives have Ford a, F-150s. a yeah. truck unless somebody says otherwise. Yeah, I do remember specifically them mentioning that they drove a truck out to the picnic with all the food. That's in the back, right. right. Yeah. That was Madonna's truck. Yeah. Okay. So this is a heck of a leap. Yeah. It is a big leap, but I feel very sorry for Arthur Smith. Like, if I were him, I, w- I would just, like, leave that town and never come back. Like, <laughs> fuck these people. Yeah, he's like, I know something happened. Come on. You know, yeah. someone give me, give me a clue here. You guys and are so shady. He even, it seems like he even suspects that the Egglestons did something wrong because they wouldn't want, they didn't talk about it, you know? Yeah. He's like, look, at, he's like, give me an excuse, right? And they're like, nope. Yeah. Yeah, nope. That, I, that, I, I don't really buy that because there's no reason for them not to say that. They... They Unless. abducted Fiji because because of all the stuff you already know about yeah. Sheriff Smith, and then she got away. Yeah. And the end. That's the end of the story, right? Unless they're planning on doing something about it themselves. Right. <laughs> I mean, Olivia and Lemuel, you know. Uh-huh. Uh huh. They decide yes, but in that leap, like you said, Jeff, they decide that they're going to go talk to the Lovells. Yep. Chapter thirty-five. They go to the convenience store and talk to Sean. Connor drove the truck the day Aubrey died to get the dog to the cemetery, and then Creek came back alone. Yeah, this, this is interesting. When they approach Sean about it, he seems, like, not confused, but a little, like, kind of unaware of what's going on. But as they talk about what happened, he reveals that Connor has a history. Yep. And this, I guess, is why they've been so cryptic about everything up until now. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, yeah, he's a, he's a sociopath. He's a murderer. He confesses he ran Aubrey over as she was walking near the river, and then he later went and stole Bubbo's gun from the pawn shop and left it there. Yeah, apparently Aubrey flirted with him, so he knew she needed killing or something. Yeah, Yeah, and it turned out he killed a neighbor three years previously, but he got off easy because he's a minor and also his mother had just died. Yeah. Yeah, Uh, that would be when he was 11. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, That's awfully early to start murder. uh Uh-huh. Yeah. And so they have a little debate. The Midnighters have a debate and decide that the kid has to die. Yeah. And then they kill him. <laughs> Midnight justice. Yeah, just like, 
snap his neck on the spot. What the fuck? I know. I, I, I am honestly not sure what the message is here. Um, but I, it feels like there is supposed to be a message. They, they reason that because he's killed twice now, that he's there's no chance of him ever yeah. not killing people. I mean, it's definitely framed as a justified killing. That yeah. This yeah. kid can't be stopped. And, and, and Joe says with certainty that this kid will kill again. So, yeah, let's take the advice of Joe Strong, this random <laughs> dude, you know. Yeah. Yep. Like, if and he my... says it must be true, it must be. <laughs> That's my strong opinion. <laughs> <laughs> well, when he says it like that. <laughs> it's like, whoa, that's really convincing. Everybody laughs and nods. Yeah, let's kill him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Joe. But, yeah, let's kill him. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'll just, yep, kill a 14-year-old. Yeah, I, I as somebody who is very much in the the, like... I don't believe in the death penalty, and I believe that, like, that when people commit crimes, it is because they are usually, like, in need of some kind of treatment. I had a little, I had a little trouble with this one. So, I don't know. Uh, my read on it is a little bit different, that uh, Lemuel just sort of did it. Like, they, they were sort of dancing around the conclusion that, that they can't, that they can't let the kid go. Right. Mm-hmm. And because... then and then the father says something like, What are you just gonna kill him like a dog? And Lemuel's like, Yup, and he just and he just does it. Yeah. yeah. And then at that I don't think all the others in Midnight would have gotten on board with it. If they'd been able to talk it completely through, I don't yeah. I'm not sure that they would have agreed to do that. That's but, but then after it's done, mm-hmm. they covered up because that's what Midnighters do. Yeah. They send them to the usual place. <laughs> yeah, I guess, I guess if I'm reading it like Olivia is obviously on board because you know, she's like, yeah, sure, killing is great. Obviously, you know? yeah, because we don't know anything about her except that, you know, kills people all day long. Or yeah, something. right. But she's not that killer that time. Yeah, this, yeah. yeah. Uh, this occasion, she didn't kill this guy, and she didn't kill... Who didn't she kill? She didn't kill Aubrey that one time. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. But, uh, but Joe and Chewie, I think, are kind of on board. Uh, Creek? Of all people, is like, yeah, kill that kid. <laughs> yeah, she knows him the best. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. It, to, to me, it feels like this is a person who needs to be, you know, medicated and treated. But, you know, hey, I guess they, murder too. Yeah, they tried. Um, not that I'm excusing it. It's definitely a very vampire move, though. Yeah. It's very oh, on brand for the vampires we learned about in the Sookie books. Absolutely. Yeah. So, either way, I guess it's another body on the body pile, right? <laughs> Wherever that is. Yeah. So this mystery was weak, right? Yeah. Like, I, I'm not sure it counts as a mystery because this is not the kind of thing where, like, you're so, you're, there, there's clues, right? Well, I, I guess I thought it was, except, we, I mean, I've been trying to guess who it was, and I think I was pretty close because I thought it was Creek. Creek, you yeah, thought yeah. it was Creek a lot, yeah. And I saw it, I, it, it might have made sense if Creek had been acting funny because she knew that Connor was the killer, was covering for him, but she wasn't. She did. She, she, she was just acting right, funny, yeah. or maybe I just was reading that into it that she was acting funny. Yeah. Yeah. There were definitely know. a lot of red herrings written, you know, but but no, I di- it didn't feel like there was anything that the reader could have found to point yeah. to this. And also, kind of thematically, Connor literally had no connection with Aubrey. That's just the point. Like, he killed her because he just turns out this kid that's been in the background in several scenes is just a psycho mm-hmm. and killed her. Yeah. It's and, interesting. And it's not connected with the white supremacists. It's not connected with Bobo. It's not connected with Fiji's spell that she cast. Yeah, true. Yeah, this is a criticism we've had of her books before, Charlene Harris. Yeah, I'm not. She, she writes fun characters, but I'm not sure she necessarily writes like strong mysteries. Yeah. Yeah, but more of a thriller than a mystery, I guess. Yeah, I guess yeah. that would be yeah. Yeah, accurate. Yeah. Yep. Chapter thirty-six: Bobo, Manfred, and Fiji walk home. 
they're kind of processing the murder they just witnessed in it. They're all handling it a little bit differently. Bobo's like, yeah, whatever. Fuck that kid, you know? Because, you know, I guess he figures he loved Aubrey and... Yeah, well, he kid killed his girlfriend. Yeah. So, yeah. all on board murder train. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fiji is kind of on the... I guess kind of on the fence. She's, you know, processing it, but seems like she's less... It seems like Manfred's the only one who's like, man, I don't know if think that was the right thing to do or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Because he's new to Midnight. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. You, you know, throw, throw three, four or more of these adventures under his belt. He'll be fine with it. She looks at him, she's like, oh, first murder, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Chapter 37. Creek and Sean have left town. Arthur Smith shows up and talks to Manfred, tells him that Sean left a letter saying that Connor had killed Aubrey and then run away. So Sean and Creek left town. And Arthur also received a letter from Connor confessing. To having killed Aubrey. Yeah, my first thought here was like, interesting. Two letters, no wit- no witnesses. Did uh, Lemuel disappear the rest of these people too and write two <laughs> letters? You know, that was my first thought. You know? <laughs> He's like, huh, well, two less people to uh, yeah. point, you know. Lemuel doesn't like loose ends in midnight. Yeah, and you know, he knows everyone else isn't going to talk, but it's hard to say. Sean was kind of on the fence there, right? So yeah, it's true. better just to not take a risk, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, so yeah, I was just just wondering, just wondering. Yeah, That's a good question. Except Manfred does get a call from Creek later. Right, right. He does. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we don't know. That could be Lemuel pretending to be Creek. Could be. Oh, that's true. <laughs> you know who this is, don't you? <laughs> that's right. He doesn't even say her name, does he? No. He doesn't even say her name. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, "Yeah, I know who that is." He's like, "You're so, you're super sexy." <laughs> I sure hope you don't try to come find me. <laughs> and Manfred's like, you're right. I shouldn't come find you. Yeah, that's my big boy. <laughs> I assume that's how the phone conversation went. See you tomorrow. That's <laughs> what I won't say. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Either way, these two... Uh, Dubious letters are enough for Arthur Smith. He's like, well, I guess that's solved. Um, and yeah, I mean, uh, he's got he's got donuts to eat, right? He's, yeah. got to <laughs> he's like, yeah, we'll sure look for that uh, disappeared kid. Wink, wink. You know? I mean, shit, he won't even fucking look for no- Nazis in his backyard. Uh huh. Yeah, that yeah. doesn't seem particularly concerned. So as far as he's con- as, as far as he knows, this is a, a murder case solved, and he can move on with his life. Yeah, he can close the paperwork, and that's what he really hates. <laughs> <laughs> He says something like, I, uh, I don't find myself coming to midnight. And they're like, yeah, we hope you don't come back. He's like, me too. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Snugly comes over and gets Arthur and Manfred to come to Fiji's shop. Arthur continues to be curious why Price and his parents mentioned Fiji, but he's never going to find out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's, she, she just really doesn't want to rat on them. And I think it's probably because they're going to end up on a body pile at some point, you know? In the usual place. In the usual place, yeah. Chapter 38. Halloween, and it's an open house at Fiji's store. Yeah, they put on a spooky little show for the nearby locals at Fiji's Witch House. I think this sounds like a lot of this fun, actually. Fun, yeah. yeah, I want to do this, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, uh, and Fiji, you know, being a witch, she uses her magic to make everything just a little bit spookier. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. that is pretty awesome. Yeah. And Joe and Chewie are there as angels wearing enormous wings, but Manfred can't find their wings afterwards. Yeah, so, okay, so they're they're... Either angels or birdmen. Well, or Fiji casts a spell on them to give them wings. Oh, I guess it could be that. I think it's implied that they're angels, though. Those oh, guys you think they might actually be angels? That's that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Oh, I could see that. Because they're like, and the way they act, they're very like kind of moral. 
right? Yeah. And they're very reliable. Everybody trusts them. And uh-huh. that, that, that one time Joe was like, oh, he'll kill again. I know for sure. Maybe that was his angel powers. Oh, but they were okay like, with the murder, heart. right? They're okay with killing that kid. Angels kill people all the time. Angels are jerks. No, no, you're right. That's a good point. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Well, I guess we'll find out. Yeah. I, I didn't uh, I didn't even think about the fact that they could be angels, but yeah, why not? Or, or Birdman. Or Birdman, yeah. <laughs> does it ever say that their feet aren't taloned? It does not, yeah. Not even once. That's it, suspicious. It, it, <laughs> does it ever say that they don't eat gravel? <laughs> <laughs> they periodically, like, you know, peck into their, their armpits to, yeah, you know, to fluff parasites and stuff. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they randomly screech at each other. Everyone's like, oh yeah, that's the sound they make. <laughs> you know, because they're gay. <laughs> it's, what, it's what gay people do. Yeah, it's just, I assume. I hate how they fly around my house going, caw, caw. <laughs> you know, I try and live and let live. <laughs> All lifetime choices. <laughs> Otherwise, inflating their cloacas. (laughs) 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 But it takes all kinds of people in the world, you know, and I I just like. Yep. Midnight accepts everyone. Yeah, love is love. Except those it doesn't. (laughs) Except Connor. Except, yeah, except for that one murdering kid. And kind of Aubrey. Yeah, because fuck that bitch. And those two guys that came into town. Yeah, well, I mean, those were Nazis. (laughs) Well, yeah, they were. um, Yeah. (laughs) But okay, I was annoyed. About the Connor thing too, because Aubrey had a hole in her chest, right? Yeah. Which is like that's mysterious, but it's not a gunshot. It turns out that was like one of the red herrings, and Connor's like, "Oh yeah, I just poked her with a with a fireplace poker after she died." <laughs> like, why, why? Yeah. Why? why it yeah. Didn't, it didn't connect anything. Didn't yeah. mean anything. Well, because the point was they thought she'd been shot, and then Bobo's gun made it more suspicious. Oh yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. But it's like it was it was not a clue that the reader could have used to solve the mystery. I guess. Yeah, it oh, didn't, it didn't actually mean anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was just it was just pure red herring, and it doesn't. I don't think it makes sense for him to go poke a hole in her chest. He just, well, he, he likes doing that, you know. Well, yeah, yeah. Just for funsies. Oh, it was weak. <laughs> it was yeah, weak. Fair, fair. Uh, but after they have that great time at the Halloween party, Bobo decides to share his secret. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> which is that he actually does have a stash yeah, of Nazi like, guns. Oh, my God. <laughs> Bobo. Like, what? Dude. Motherfucker. Dude. How many people have died? Because of this thing, Bobo. Yeah. Oh my God, I know. Yep. He's like, well, you know, it's it's the kind of thing where like at first you keep it as a secret for fun, and then it's like, well, you know, then you don't want to tell people about it because you've been keeping it a secret so long. Mm-hmm. You're Nazi guns, you know, you know, yeah. like Nazi guns. I mean, yeah, okay, sure, I buy that explanation. Right up to the point those Nazis showed up, <laughs> <laughs> and this this became a big problem. Yeah, I I don't know. Yeah, it's it's give them uh, the cops get get some news cameras around or whatever. Yep, but no. Doesn't want to do that. But he doesn't. He doesn't want to reveal his Nazi guns. Bobo. Yep. If he wasn't so darn good looking. <laughs> He's a handsome fella. He gets away with a lot. Yeah. Uh, but also, he hid them in a secret place in the shop uh-huh. that Lemuel's been looking for for a long time. Yeah. And, yeah. and there were realize. a bunch of mysterious books in there. Uh-huh. Yeah. And Bobo's like, yeah, yeah, I just moved them. They're in my apartment somewhere. What? Yeah. What are those books? And, and Lemuel's like, all these years I've been looking for them. And Bobo even goes and looks at them. They're like, ah, they look boring. <laughs> he, he, he basically sounds like he couldn't bring himself to even open one. You know, it's like, oh dude, come God. on. The, 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 the ancient books that the, the vampire is like desperately after. He's like, eh, eh, I don't know. <laughs> Doesn't sound very exciting. Oh, old books. Yeah, boo. Yeah. Boring. Bobo's not a reader. <laughs> yeah. Well, chapter 39 is that, was the books. Oh, yeah. He, yeah. he basically gives them a, a lame reason 
for not turning in the guns about like not wanting to admit that his grandfather was as bad as they said or so. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, apparently that's also why he didn't just turn them over to the police. I mean, come on, just turn the gun. Yeah, but no. I, I feel like this is set up for the next book, right? When they go on the, a murder rampage, they're like, let's get those guns out and go right. Go kill well, him. This, this problem has beset midnight, and there's no way we can get out of this unless we have a hundred rifles. <laughs> <laughs> and grenades. Yeah. And some other things that, that Manfred doesn't recognize. <laughs> yeah. Whatever that... Ooh, yeah. Who knows? It's going to be fun, though. Mm-hmm. I assume there are going to be lots more murders. And that's the end, but before we talk about it, I wanted, we had a comment from somebody asking about Southernisms in the Midnight Texas series, and Texas is not considered part of the South. That's true. This is something I learned recently, and and it it does make sense, right? Like, our culture is actually quite different from what people consider, like, the traditional South, which is kind of more, uh, I guess, north and east of us, generally, you know? Yes. Yeah. I guess Texas has heavily heavy influences from the fact that we're like on the border with Mexico, you know? Yeah. yeah. And we've yeah, got be desert in some places and stuff. Yeah. Um, so so that doesn't apply a lot of the like deep south uh, culture, but I thought she threw in some pretty good stuff, like how people are willing to drive forever and ever and ever to go see shit, you know? Yeah, like, like something's an hour and a half drive away. That's right next door. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, that, that's that's very, like, rural Texas, for sure. Mm-hmm. And just the way she described the town, it definitely felt it felt Texas as oh, well. absolutely, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Texas is full of these dusty little towns that are at crossroads where people live. People yeah. like it. Yeah. 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 There's ranchers around and stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I thought I thought this book had good voice. Yeah, yeah. I, I actually, yeah, it, it 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 wasn't great as a mystery, but I, I I enjoyed the the you know I don't know if you consider the mystery of like unraveling the town. Maybe that was that was kind of the fun part of this. I think uh, just because everyone's so weird and you're yeah. just like figure out what's going on with everyone, right? It's yeah. fun. I, I Charlene Harris always has really good uh, really good characterization mm-hmm. and pithy descriptions. Uh, it felt like a like a scratch off card where like. What's the mystery of this character? What's the mystery of this character? Sure. And we found out what the mystery of Bobo and Fiji was and, and the Lovells. And then, but we still don't know what the mystery of Joe and Chewie are or like... Madonna. Or the Rev, really. The Rev. The Rev. We have a guess, but yeah. But there's, yeah, it seems like there is something going on with Madonna and Teacher's baby, right? Like they've, they've alluded to the fact that they're... Like the, the creature was sniffing around, which I think is probably the rev. Is, is yeah. it a is it a virgin birth because her name's freaking Madonna? <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> but maybe I don't know. Uh, yeah, so it's, I feel like we've got more mysteries to solve. Yeah, I want to scratch off more of those those characters and see what's underneath them. Oh yeah. yeah, absolutely. It's always fun. Yeah, love it. Yeah, always fun. I love her world building. I enjoy the characters. Mm-hmm. It was funny. We laughed a lot oh, throughout absolutely. this book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Intentionally funny a lot of the time. I agree. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, that's it for Midnight Crossroad. What we're going to do is we're going to switch over to our other podcast, The Wituation Room. We're going to skip a week, and then we're going to return to our other podcast, The Armadillo Podcasting Club, for uh, another season of our series, The Wituation Room, about the Witcher books. And we're going to start in on Sword of Destiny by Andrzej Sapkowski. Yep. And then after that, we will return for the second book in the Midnight Texas series, which is called Day Shift. I'm Alice Sullivan. That's Blue Bennett Cafe on Instagram. 
I'm Jeff Lake. You can find me at jefflake.info. I'm Michael Sparkman. I still don't have one of those. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, please drop us a line at hello at armadillo.club. We love hearing from you. Please share this with anybody you think will like this. Please give us good reviews wherever you got this. Please find out how you can give us your dollars at armadillo.club. Please like us in real life. We're just so likable. Until next time. Good night, Connor. <laughs> <laughs> yes.